T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back on the show as we continue on talking college basketball. Great time of the year for college basketball. Joining us from ESPN is analyst Sean Farnham. And Sean was uh, uh, with the University of Miami this past weekend, saw the Hurricanes. Sean, thank you for being with us. What, what were your impressions of the Miami squad? I think they're they're exactly kind of who I thought they were going to be. I mean, you know, we I talked to Coach Larinaga back in August as I started and began my my preseason prep, and he talked a lot about the versatility of their players. He he mentioned about how Norchad Omir was going to be able to try to rebound the basketball well, and that the guard play was going to be great. And you know, that's kind of that's kind of how it went this weekend. I mean, I know they took a loss to to Maryland, but I think that has more to do with Maryland than it has to do. Uh, with Miami and, and, and the trajectory of this program and the success that this this team will have this season. Yeah, last year they they go to the Elite Eight. Everything came together for them. You mentioned the two new additions, Pack and Ormir. How how did you think they fit into uh, to the to to the team and to what Coach L wants to accomplish? Well, I think let's let's start with the big fella. I mean, he, look, you're, he's he's talked about playing smaller ball this year, right? So they played small ball last year. They're playing smaller ball this year. Uh, you need somebody on the team that's going to say, you know what, the hell with it, I'm going to go ahead and rebound. And that's what he's done. And, and the one thing that's transferable, I think, whether you're at Arkansas State or you're at the University of Miami, is that you understand rebounding is transferable. You can you can go ahead and say, hey, you know, watch him play, look at his nose for the ball, look at how he's able to attack it. And, and that has carried over. And I think it's going to carry over all season long. I, I just was really impressed with his movement off the ball, his tracking of shots, um, the way that he, he didn't allow him to himself to be easily screen, uh, screened out and boxed out. Uh, and he went after it. And his efficiency has been really, really good. So I think that's a really important role. And it seems like he's accepted uh, that role uh, for this team. And, and they're going to need that as the season goes along. And I think for, for Pack, he, he hasn't quite found himself yet. And I think that his best basketball is still way, way, way in front of him. He shot the ball a lot better from three a season ago at K-State than he has in the early stages of this season. And and I don't think that that's not to be expected. And the reason why I say it is because, you know, you're you're coming into a new system, playing with a completely different group of guys, and everybody's trying to find their way. And what I saw, first and foremost, that gets me excited is how he and Wong are, are working together, talking together, I think should excite Hurricanes fans uh, a lot. But within that, I think everybody's still trying to figure out, okay, where does he want it? How does he want it? Is this a good spot for him to have it? And, and all of that stuff kind of comes together from the team perspective. And then from his perspective, I think he's also thinking, okay, I want to make sure that this is seamless. I want to make sure the chemistry is right. Should I take this shot? Should I not take this shot? Should I pass this one? Should I drive this one? And then, when you start thinking like that, 
you hesitate a little bit. And when you hesitate a little bit, I, I, I've always found that shooting percentages drop. Um, and, I, and that's why I think that as he gets more comfortable and takes time, and this is not something just, you know, to him, this is something that we see across college basketball right now with transfers and people that are learning new systems, is that it, it, it doesn't necessarily come overnight as much as they want it to. Uh, and you can do it at practice and you can you know, every, practice everybody's playing and everybody's happy. But then also you do it in the game and it's like, OK, well, how does this work against an opponent who is scheming to try to take me out of rhythm? Uh, how do I find my rhythm within the flow of this offense so that I'm not disruptive uh, to what the team has to accomplish? Uh, Jordan Miller is one of the more efficient players in the country. Uh, had a nice game the other day. He's also, by the way, very good on television. He's an outstanding basketball analyst. He's got a future on television, but uh, I think he's got a pretty good future right now with the University of Miami. Yeah, I mean, all summer long, he was sensational in the workouts, and his efficiency, a 4-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio all summer long in their scrimmages that they had. And, and now you're starting to see him continue to grow and, and develop against the Maryland team in particular – that, that is ultra physical and he was he was great uh he finished with 18 points in the game and i, I again his versatility is important because outside of omir he's going to be the guy that's going to be counting on him to get on the glass and not that you need to dominate on the glass if you're miami but you at least want to be competitive on the glass with your with some of the bigger teams that you're going to face throughout the course of the season because if he's just eaten alive there then it puts so much pressure on your guards to have to make those plays and your offense to be so sensational uh, that it puts you at a deficit. And, and I think that he's that secondary guy uh, outside of Omir that, that sees the value and has the capabilities to do it on a consistent basis. I know he only had three rebounds against Maryland, uh, but he's had some bigger rebounding games already this season. I expect him to have a couple of double-doubles as the season goes along. And I think his assist numbers are going to go up. His assist total so far has not been what I think it's, it's capable of being. Um, and again, that comes with flow and, and rhythm at the offensive end of the floor for everybody that's out there. It's not just on him. It's on, it's on the four other guys as well. Sean Farnham of ESPN is our guest. Sean, uh, Coach L, you were there for his 700th victory. Uh, I think he's one of the great coaches I've ever been around. Uh, what, what is his legacy going to be, uh, a coach with 700 wins? Well, I think I think immediately from from a basketball historian perspective, everybody's going to go to that George Mason run all the way to the Final Four. I mean, just, just because of the way that happened. Um, but I think you look at the consistency in what he does, his relate, relatability. I think what makes Coach Laranega so great is the fact that it doesn't matter how old he is, uh, the connectivity and the trust and the relationships in which he values with his players is evident and clear. And the way they respond to him, the way he responds to them, the way he teaches, because he is a teacher. He's not a coach. He's a teacher. He's a mentor. Uh, he's a leader. And, and all of those things are embodied within coaching. But he's just done it at an elite level and a sustained elite level for a very, very long period of time. And, you know, even being around the team this weekend and being around him and, and talking to the coaches, talking to the players – how much admiration and respect they have for their coach. And, and you think that that's a given, and you would hope that that's a given, depending, no matter what school you're watching, but it's not. And a lot of young kids today, they're caring about their brand, they're caring about their NILs, they're caring about all these existential things, how quick can they get to the NBA and all that. All Coach Laranega keeps doing is just reinventing his offense, reinventing his, his staff, reinventing his team, and the consistency and the one thing that remains the same is him. And, and when you have a coach that your players trust, everything runs smoothly. I had one coach tell me one time, he said, listen, Sean, I could have the worst offense in the world, but if my guys trust me 
and they execute it and they believe that it's it's the best offense for them, we're going to win a lot more games than if I had the best offense on paper and they didn't trust me. And I think that's the same thing that you can say about Coach Laranega's teams is that the trust is there. It's never not there. And that's why he's able to have success. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the word reinvent because he, here's a guy who's in his, you know, in his 70s. And uh, some coaches, they would raise their hand if you said, are you stubborn? They would say, yes, they are stubborn with some of their ways. But he's always working his craft, always trying to become a better coach, always trying to find a better way to relate, always, as you mentioned, reinventing. Yeah, and, and I think that's just who he is. I mean, you, you, you can't help, by the way, when you talk to him, and you know this, you smile. Yeah. You smile. Yeah. And it's not because you're like, oh, this is an old guy talking to me. That's not why you're smiling. You're smiling because he's so damn good at what he does. And the way he presents his information is so appeasing to the ear that you're like, man, I could sit here and listen to his stories all day long. I, I feel like he's a, he's a treasure trove of basketball and that anytime I've talked to Coach L, I've always felt like I've understood the game a little bit better when I've gotten off the phone from him. Yeah. Like, you know, again, I, I'll go back to, you know, I call all the coaches across the country uh, in, in my preseason. I always try to get, because the evolution of a team is going to be where kind of where it starts, then kind of when you get to conference play, and then the end of conference play, where are you? The three evolutions of a team throughout the course of the season. And so I do a lot of calls in, in late August, and early September to try to talk to coaches. And see, I, I just remember getting off the phone with Coach L and, I walked down to my wife. I'm like, man, she goes, who are you talking to for so long? I said, I said, Jim Laranega. She, I said, the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. She goes, well, why was it so long? I said, because I didn't want the conversation to end. Yeah. And, and I got to imagine, as, and I would hope as a player, that that's what it's like at practice when he's talking to you because it's it's so good. And he, and he pointed out to me, listen, we got 62 guys in the program. Nobody missed a single day over the course of the summer, so everybody was healthy. Um, you know, he's figured out how to utilize the portal to his success. He finds guys that are high energy and know how to play the right way. And then it's evident, even when they're still trying to find their rhythm, they're playing the right way. They're not playing selfishly. Uh, and, and I think that's a huge reason of why they're going to be successful, why this team's going to go to the NCAA tournament this year. And, and you know, the schedule is advantageous here for about the next month. Um, you know, depending on obviously Rutgers and their health situation moving forward here. But Outside of that Rutgers game, there's a lot of W's on the schedule until December 20th. And I, I think that that's, that's going to bode really well for this team to continue to find its confidence. You need, as, as great as it is to get tested against a physical team like, like Maryland, right, and, and, and a great win against Providence, you, you do want to give your guys chances to feel flow and to feel that, that rhythm. And there's some games coming up here, and you don't obviously want to overlook any of them, but – and we've seen that across the country in college basketball already this season. But, you know, the chemistry of the offense and understanding where everybody wants the ball, how they want it, how it can flow even better, I think all that's going to come uh, in the next month or so. And that Rutgers game, depending upon health of Rutgers, uh, could be a really tough game, even though they took the loss the other night against Temple. Uh, they were without, I mean, two of their top three players were sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. And those guys could be back for that game. And if they are... Uh, that will be a matchup between, obviously, two teams I feel are both going to be in the NCAA tournament. And I feel that Rutgers is a team that's going to finish much higher than where they were preseason predicted uh, inside the Big Ten. Sean Farnham is our guest. Uh, Miami tomorrow has St. Francis. Sean, uh, I know you got a busy night on the set here at ESPN. There are like a million games going on uh, of, of these tournaments, and I'm watching one right now, uh, Ohio State and Cincinnati. I like they, they've gone all the way to – 
Hawaii to play a neighborhood game, uh, kind of like my daughter's uh, soccer when she was a kid, go 800 miles to play the team in the next town. At any rate, uh, in all these games, what, what have you seen in some of these tournaments? Well, I think there's a couple things that stood out. One, I would I would go back to Maryland. I think Kevin Willard's done a tremendous job, and that team is ahead of schedule, way ahead of schedule with the way that they're competing right now. So it'll be interesting to see if they can they can maintain that. Uh, I would say that you know off the radar stuff, uh, the WCC. We talk so much about Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and deservedly so because both those programs are outstanding. Uh, but LMU uh, winning the Jamaica Classic, uh, knocking off Georgetown, scoring 52 points in the second half against them in the semifinal. Uh, it's huge for San Johnson, uh, who, who needs to kind of build momentum. USF just knocked off Wichita State. They're 6-0 and to start the season after losing their coach, Todd Golden, to Florida uh, and, and getting a transfer in Terrell Roberts from Washington State. It feels like that program uh, has not taken a step back at all. In fact, might even taken a step forward, uh, which is which is huge for the, the West Coast Conference overall. But I think the, the big games are still out there for, for the rest of the week. I think, you know, when you think about the PK, Invitational, the Battle for Atlantis, there's a lot of massive games that we could potentially see at Kansas versus Tennessee, which would be great for college basketball. We could see Gonzaga versus Duke uh, in Portland at the, at the Phil Knight Invitational. You could see North Carolina taking on Michigan State or, or in Alabama. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's the best time of year. For me, this is the best week of college basketball outside of Champ Week. Mm-hmm. Champ Week obviously trumps everything because we're passing out NCAA tournament bids and, and everybody's playing like their hair is on fire. And we, we already know who all these teams are. But if we sit there and we really say that these games don't matter, and that's what fans like to say because they, they love themselves some college football. I love college football too. But these games matter. Uh, and, and how you perform right now, you could be picking up quad one victories out of conference that will determine whether or not you get in as an at-large into the NCAA tournament for a lot of these teams and a lot of these programs. And so value the opportunity that lies right in front of you. Before I let you go, i got to get your thoughts on the ACC. Uh, the conference took some flack last year. Then, then they ended up with three teams in the Elite Eight. Uh, what do you think of the ACC this year? I know it's Virginia the other night, known for the great defense. They put like 90 points on Baylor. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your, uh, what are your expectations of the ACC this year? Well, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, the ugly is at the bottom of the conference right now. Um, obviously, Seminole's not at 100%. Louisville just, just – it's not good. It's a, that, there's no way to sugarcoat it. And I love Kenny Payne, but that program and that team right now, they're not good. They will be good, um, but they're pretty bad right now. Um, I, I think the top of the conference is going to be great. I think when you look at North Carolina, obviously, I think Virginia obviously has moved itself up into that discussion with Duke uh, as far as three teams that kind of can, you think right off the top of your head could win the ACC this year. I think Virginia, what makes them unique is their experience and their understanding of the system. Like there's a lot of programs. I mentioned this the other night. There's a lot of times, you know, you read preseason magazines and they're like, wow, they get 95% of their scoring back. They're going to be great. Yeah, but they averaged 50 points a game and want to play fast, and they lost, you know, 21 games last year. So, yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, but in, in Virginia's mindset, it very much so is that they have that experience, in particular Kihei Clark. And Reese Beekman has, has been sensational. He saw 13 of his 17 came in the second half the other day uh, in that big win in Las Vegas over the Illini. And defensively, how they took Terrence Shannon out of the game after he had eight made three-pointers against UCLA. I, I think there's that, that look of this Virginia team right now has that look of a team that, that can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament that nobody really wants to play because of how stylistically they approach the game and their defense is really good. I think a very old and experienced Notre Dame team that has some holes. Uh, it's not a complete team, uh, but it's good. Uh, and, so, and so I think you know Miami's going to figure in that, that, that tier right outside of the Duke, 
Virginia and Carolinas. I think that's where Miami is going to be as the season progresses. And the question becomes is, can the top of this conference carry the load? Because it looks like the bottom of this conference is going to struggle. Uh, and if they should continue to struggle in these non-conference, out-of-conference games, uh, then, then it's going to be a balancing act for the ACC. And again, conference success and how we talk about conferences on television does not determine their NCAA tournament success. It never has. You know, two years ago, I know the ACC fans were all upset last year. Look how great we were. Eh, that's fine. You, you had a great NCAA tournament. Doesn't mean you were great all year long. Just as the year before when the Pac-12 sent Oregon State to the Elite Eight yeah. didn't mean that the Pac-12 was a dominant conference in college basketball. Maybe, sure, it was a little bit better than we thought, but you are who you are. Your record is what your record is, and how you've played throughout the course of the year matters when you're sitting in my chair and you're watching it. Um, and so I, I think it's always one of those things that get really funny in conference pride is don't worry about what the national perception of the conference ends up being. What you want to do is have your best basketball being played at the end of the year, and the ACC did that last year. You've been gracious with your time. Hope to see you at another University of Miami game, and you can uh, join us for our, our pregame chat with Coach L uh, about an hour and a half before before the game. That's always a lot of fun. So uh, love to see you at, at another University of Miami game. And again, thank you for your time. No worries whatsoever. It's going to be a great season of college basketball for the Hurricanes. I, Isaiah Wong, who we didn't really get into, I think is a really, really special player. Uh, his balance, his understanding of what he has to do, he can take over a game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team uh, and the evolution of this team throughout the course of the year. I appreciate you having me on your program. Okay, that's Sean Farnham joining us here on the Hurricane Hotline. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you Saturday for Miami and Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us on the show. Have a very pleasant good evening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.